Hey, welcome to the breakdown. We have changed it up a little bit today. Yeah, buddy. Got rid of Nick. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, if you don't know, my name is Kai. I am typically sitting on the couch running everything, but Brennan's preaching this week, so we figured we'd take the opportunity to, to change it up a little bit and, uh, you know, explore new territories for... Kai's going to be our host for I today. I am hosting, yes. Um, this is Brennan, as I'm sure you know. Um... So let's do a little quick little introduction, some icebreakers. Yeah, yeah. So you preach, you're preaching on obedience. So tell a story about a time that you didn't follow the rules. Mm. Man, I've always been a rule follower, even as a kid. My, my kindergarten teacher gave me some good advice in saying not everything that comes out of your brain or comes to your brain needs to come out of your mouth. So I had an issue with just blurting out things mm-hmm. or um, rushing to do things, but there was... This one phase I was in, about third, fourth grade, um, wrestling was really big during that time mm-hmm. period. I mean, we we really thought it was real. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't know, wrestling is obviously fake. Of course, yeah. It's just theater. So we would practice our, our w, uh, WCW, NWO moves at recess. And so we were warned by the duty teacher, hey, don't, don't do that. We don't horseplay. Well, we decided to have a Royal Rumble one recess. <laughs> like it was planned out. It was going to be the fourth graders against the fifth graders. And we were just going to go crazy. So my buddy decided to um, drop kick this one kid off of the, ta- off of the tire. And uh, the kid went and told the duty teacher. And we all got in trouble because of wrestling. And so, of course, they called my parents. My parents weren't happy. And it was during testing time. So oh, they man. couldn't technically like <laughs> suspend us or anything. So we had to end up. We ended up uh, being punished by having to stand on the wall at recess and watch all the other kids play. Nice. But other than that, I learned my lesson pretty quick that I should probably. Open yeah. Rules. Yeah. Oh yeah. My story is uh, I I was in pre-K. Right. I was probably four or five years old, and I remember this vividly that there was this Hot Wheels car that my preschool teacher had. And I just love the thing. You wanted it. So I wanted it so bad that I took it one day, you yeah. know. And I was playing with it at home or on the in the car ride back from preschool. And my mom goes, where'd you get that? I said, man, I don't know where I got this, mom. <laughs> just I just, I found it. <laughs> she says, you stole that, didn't you? I said, yeah. So she she whipped the car around. Oh, she marched me back up into my preschool teacher's classroom and made me apologize for stealing. Yeah. And uh, that is a very vivid lesson that I learned in my childhood that I still like remember to this day. Um, and that was cool, a cool experience, I guess you could say. Yeah, you don't you know. forget those things. No, man. definitely not. Um, I have one more icebreaker question. Do you know any famous people that broke the rules, like in a good way? So like, I'll go first. My example is Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. You know, he fought against the rules in order to better the civil rights movement and whatnot. Mm. Um, you got anybody? Yeah, we'll keep it. Of? We'll keep it in the same name range. Um, we'll do. We'll do Martin Luther, who he um, was against, like the Roman Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and so he he wrote this ninety-five thesis of of what he believed was wrong with the church and nailed those suckers right on the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I couldn't imagine being, I mean, I guess I could, being that bold to go up to the person that you don't agree with mm-hmm. and just tack those those things yeah. right on the wall. 
Yeah, yeah. This is this is why I don't agree with you. I yeah. mean, that was I mean that was life changing for the church in in general. Oh yeah, uh, for everything. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, you're preaching on obedience, so we're just gonna hop on right on into yeah. the topics. Um, so your first point in your message was that obedience requires submission. Mm. And so by definition, obedience is an act of submitting to the restraint or command of an authority. So we need to know what submission means to understand obedience, of yeah. course. So what? It, how would you explain what submission is when it comes to our faith? Right. Um, I believe whether you're a Christian or not, that you submit to some authority, whether mm-hmm. that's the authority of God or whether that's the authority, as, as Jesus says, or that John says later on, the authority of this world, uh, the devil. And so we all have this authority figure we submit to. And so we have to make a choice. Are we going to submit wholeheartedly to God? And, and in my first point, I, I say we have to believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. To submit to something, you have to believe in it. Yep. Um, you see in, in today's society some people that won't submit to government because they don't agree with what what they what they believe or what they're implementing, we as Christians must submit to Jesus. And what that submission looks like is every area of our life giving it to Christ. And so, whether that's our finances, whether that's the way that we um, way we think, the way that we act towards others, we're going to give that to Christ. Um, and that's the submission part of of obedience. And yeah, and through that, I think we gain something in submitting to Christ. Uh, I make the point that faith is a sign of sonship. Mm-hmm. It's God has adopted us as children. And so through that, through that faith, through that obedience, we've we've gained an inheritance, one eternal life, but we've given we've been given this father that's going to guide us. Yeah. And I think for most people that's that's a hard thing to come to grips with because of the relationship that we that some of us have with our earthly father mm-hmm. is that God is good. Yeah. And Jesus has laid out this way in which we mm-hmm. should be obedient. Yeah. And you said you uh, use 1 John 5, 1 through 5 a Correct. lot. Um, and 1 John uh, 5, 1 says that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of what you just said, you know, verse one, the first step in obedience is to give your life to him, yeah. um, making Jesus the Lord of your life. And you kind of asked my second question that I was going to ask you of what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, John, you mentioned John fourteen fifteen, and that says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's as easy as that. Yeah. And when I say easy, obviously, yeah. we have to die to self and mm-hmm. say, what Jesus has laid out, the way, mm-hmm. that is what's good. Yep. And we have to, we don't even really have to figure it out. It's mm-hmm. been given to us. Yeah. And so later on in my sermon, and I may begin too far ahead of myself, Philip asked this question to Jesus, is like, how do I know the Father? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, being good, has shown us how to live. Yeah. We don't have to guess. Is this right or wrong? Mm-hmm. He's given us the playbook to go by. Mm-hmm. And I think that really should give us hope in the in the idea of I don't have to figure this stuff out alone. Of course. It's been given to us, and it's a gift. Mm-hmm. And it's a gift that's going to bring life. And so obedience brings life. It's not, it's not something that is going to crush us. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring beauty. Yeah, I, I like how you hit... Um, 
again, some scripture that you mentioned. You mentioned 1 John 3, 7 through 10. And in there, you know, it's talking about giving your life to Jesus. Um, and, you know, sin is in there. And you mentioned in your sermon that you were like, well, you might be thinking that, well, after I give my life to Jesus, I still had sin. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I'm not a Christian? And I like that you hit that because I feel like that's such like a that's such like a touchy topic almost yeah. that people like struggle with. Um, and the answer is just yes. You yeah, know, every, all of us have sin. We're not Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all going to have sin. Um, and John's saying that when we submit our lives to God, we do not continue to sin. And that's part of what we're about to go into of, yeah. of sanctification. So can you kind yeah, of give a, us an idea of what sanctification looks like? Yeah, there's a distinction between between what John is saying here. He says in verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. There's a distinction between somebody that that is sinful, which we all are, and somebody that is in this unrepented sin. Mm-hmm. And so I believe as Christians we are called to, once we... Once we realize that we're in sin, we need to turn away. We mm-hmm. need to repent. Yep. And so it's this lifestyle, this this word sanctification just means it's it's bringing us towards holiness, of looking more like Christ, of submitting my life continuously. Yep. And so it's not just this process that's, bam, I get baptized, now I'm never going to sin mm-hmm. again. Yep. And that's the audience that John is writing to in 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John is this audience that... They had these two views of the old law is no good anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they had this, this, these other people that were like, well, once I become a believer, no matter what sin I, I commit, like I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And, and neither one of those, they're, they're both in left and right field. It's yep. not what Jesus or Paul or John wants us to believe. He's saying, all right, you've become a follower of Christ. You don't want to continue to have sin as your master. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is your master now, so flee, run yep. away from any sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John 14, uh, which is another, you're just popping scriptures out Love left scripture, and right man. in your sermon. Um, in John 14, 5, which is one of the scriptures you used, mm-hmm. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And then in verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, Jesus says that he is the way. You know, and you kind of already answered this, but like, but like, what, what does that mean? You know, and the yeah. way that I see it is that, you know, Jesus lays out this path, you know, Jesus lived this, this perfect life. And that's what we should be basing our life on. Um, and, you know, directions that we go with our life and decisions that we make and things like that. But what do you, what do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I am the way, the truth and the life. It's a beautiful a three-part statement the way he's 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 made the path for us mm-hmm. and it's this path that while it's it's hard to obey in some instances it does bring life it's yep. an easy path because it's already been laid out for us and it's the one true path mm-hmm. many people uh, during that time period and even today believe that there are so many ways to god mm-hmm. jesus says you know the father because you've seen me and, and Philip struggles with that. That's why Philip asks, how, how are we to know? And Jesus says, I am the way, or Thomas asks, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and this path brings life. Yep. Like we'll talk about in my third point, that it brings mm-hmm. this fruit about us that reflects the goodness of God. Yep. And really, um, I, I believe it's, it's here that 
that the Old Testament kind of gets brought in of it was walking along with God. We see that in Genesis chapter 1 where Adam and Eve walk are walking with God and mm-hmm. getting to know him. And so really our path towards sanctification is a daily walk with God yep. and seeing that that the path is already laid out, mm-hmm. that the way that Jesus wants to live us to live is good. It's not hindering us in any way. And to really submit to that, which is, I believe, ultimately the hard part because our flesh wants so bad for us to not not reflect who we are, yeah. what we were created to be mm-hmm. um, over and over again. Yeah, so. yeah I like when you uh, – <coughs> sorry, excuse me. <coughs> you uh, mentioned computers. I like computers. And I'm a computer guy. Yeah. You're a computer guy. Um, and you, you said that computers were created to do certain tasks. Mm. And then you, you directly related that to how we were made. And, you know, we were made in the image of God to live this way that God has laid out for us. Yeah. Um, and I just think that was a, that was a good analogy. Yeah. yeah analogy. Sanctification is, is getting back to how we were created to be. Mm-hmm. We were created to reflect the goodness of God. We cannot do that. If we are in continuous sin, yep. you know, sin separates us in the relationship between us and God. It and and when we are made holy, then we really can look like Christ. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I was I was studying today, um, this idea of sanctification without justification. Now those are are two big words, but they're really easy. Sanctification means we're 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 gaining holiness. We're looking more like Christ. Justification is how are we made right and a right standing with God? Well, Jesus Christ did that for us. Right? He came to Earth. He put on flesh. He died on the cross. He he made the way. He has justified us. And when we when we come to Him through repentance and baptism, mm-hmm. we are justified. We are made right with God. We are righteous right then and there. And so this sanctification is because of what Jesus has done for us, we want to obey. And and the way that we obey is by becoming set apart, by becoming holy, Mm -hmm. by living the life that Jesus lived. And we can do that because Jesus has done it Mm -hmm. and has already paid the penalty for our sins. Yeah, we're going through a uh, book, and you you're going through this book with us. We yeah. have a young adults that meet every Thursday, every the second and fourth Thursday of the month. We uh, we have young adults class that meets. We're going through this book about theology and applying that to our lives. And uh, it was funny because last Thursday we went through a section that was talking about um, what it looks like to have your life be a part of God's story that He's yeah. writing. And uh, the two points that it said was that we have to be okay with resignation mm-hmm. about giving up that ability to make our own choices in a sense. You know, we're still going to make our own choices. Yeah. But, you know, we're giving up the, the, the way that they said it is that, you know, we're resigning from the thought that we ourselves are God. Mm-hmm. So we're giving into God's will for our lives. And then it's also restoration that God's restoring our life back to the way that he had planned for us. Um, and I just thought that was really cool that, that the young adults and your sermon are kind of plugging together yeah. unintentionally in a sense. Yeah, and, and with resignation, I feel that one of the, the biggest questions that I had when I was a younger adult and teenager was, what is the, what is the will of God for my life? Mm-hmm. And really, the will of God is for me to be less 
less in control and for him to be more in control. Yep, of course. For me to look more like him every day. Mm -hmm. And so really the decisions that I make on a daily basis need to reflect that. Yep. He, I don't believe he he cares what 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 job I have, mm -hmm. what car I drive, what I I, I eat for dinner. Mm -hmm. He's more worried about where's my heart at. Yep. And can I work in this job and reflect his image? Because I could work at a church and not and not do that. Mm -hmm. We've seen that happen before with with some pastors, and they fall from 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 their their. Um, Ministry. Pastorate, yeah, their ministry. And for me, so for me, that resignation is a daily thing. Mm -hmm. It's saying, all right, you're in control. I'm not. I want to live my life for you no matter what the circumstances. Yep. And then what did you say the, the second one was, that second R? Uh, restoration. Restoration, yeah. He's restored us already. Yep. We cannot do anything to be more restored. Mm -hmm. um, I, it leads us to obedience and to good works. But we're not doing good works, and we're not being obedient to be restored. Yep. It's already been done. Yep. We're just working to... We're working on our salvation. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Um, one thing before we move on, um, you know, sanctification, it's not just like, boom, yeah. I'm living like Jesus. Um, you know, it's a process. We're all going through the process of sanctification in our daily walk um, with Christ. Um so what does that what does that kind of look like? So you know, do I accidentally do this sin and then I just go about my day, or yeah. are we self reflecting? We're repenting. What does that look like? Yeah, I kind of give out um, three different practical things that we can do, and, and I believe this this should be done regularly, mm -hmm. if not daily, then we should set a time a part of our day or a part of our week to doing this. And the first thing is to confess. You know, we are all um, with sin. When we acknowledge the sin in our life, I believe that it does something for us in saying, hey, I know I struggle in this area. I need to be more aware. Mm -hmm. And it also says, hey, God, I want you to be the ruler of my life. I don't want sin to be my master. And so confess and then obviously repent from that sin. Yep. So turn away from it. And this, I think sometimes in some churches when I was younger and talking with youth, they think this is a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I go down yeah. I, I go down an invitation or at camp and I repent of all my sins, everything I've ever done. You're good. I'm good. I never mm -hmm. have to repent again. Nope. No, this is a constant thing that happens mm -hmm. for your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You're always going to sin. You're always always mm -hmm. going to need to repent. You can't get to a place where you're so arrogant and saying, I don't sin. Mm -hmm. I don't need to repent. That's a dangerous place to be. Yep. Yeah. And then, obviously, pray for forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you for what you've done. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think we can separate these three things. They happen in, in succession. They happen one after another. They happen in a place where we need to be sincere and asking for forgiveness and than trying to abstain from that sin. Yep. Um, Paul uses the analogy to flee from sin, to mm -hmm. run from it with everything that we have. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Um, the third point that you hit on is how do I know I'm being obedient to God? And I feel like this is uh, something that a lot of people struggle with, of, yeah. of knowing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you said that obedience produces fruit. Yeah. So what's your favorite fruit? 
Is bananas a fruit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're not a vegetable. <laughs> I love bananas. I, I, I figured I'd throw in a, a fun question in the Yeah. <laughs> I like... I like this as a reflection tool. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's e- some at some points in your life this is easy because at some points we're going to get big gains, yep. you know. It's like at the gym, you first start working out, those first 6 weeks, you're going to see gains. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to feel different. Oh, yeah. But from month 3 to month 6, you might plateau. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Man, I can't I can't feel any different." But there is a difference. Yep. And, and you'll find that difference when you add more weight. Mm-hmm. You'll find that either the weight that you've been doing is easier, or when you add more weight, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I can bench 225 yeah, now. I can accomplish it now. Yeah, I, I can put uh, under stress, I am a different person. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that is a good analogy for our lives when, when the storms of life come you're going to find out if you have fruit. Yeah, of course. You're going to see, am I more patient than I was mm-hmm. three years ago? Am I more loving whenever things aren't going right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that James kind of hits on this in, in his opening. He talks about, um, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials. Mm-hmm. Because this endurance is going to, it's going to produce perseverance, and that perseverance is going to make you whole or is going to make you mature and complete. And I think when we face the trials of life, we're going to know real quick if there's fruit in our lives. Yep. If we react the same way that we would have before we became a Christian, we really need to make sure that we are we are connected to God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that... That when we reflect, when we mess up during the storm, we're like, oh, man, like, I'm not more patient. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Yeah, no. It just means that you need to reassess. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure, like John 15 says, that that you are abiding in God, that you are connected. So you think of it uh, of a fruit. If that branch is not connected to the tree, will it grow? No. No. Because it's not getting the sustenance that it needs. And so we as individuals, as Christians, need to make sure that that we are having the spiritual discipline of being in God's word, being in prayer, being in community, because those things are going to build that foundation, are going to really fuel what you need to sustain the storm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody watching knows, but the fruits that we're talking about are the fruits of the Spirit. Absolutely. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, against such things there is no law. That's Galatians 5, 22. Um, and, you know, verse 16 in Galatians 5 says that if we live by the Spirit, we won't give in to sinful nature. Mm. Um, and that's kind of like what we were just talking about earlier, yeah. about, you know, when we when we give ourselves to God, we we stray away from from the sin that we're burdened with, you know. Yeah. Um, I think we realize that sin enslaves us. Mm-hmm. 100%. We can obviously see in Paul, right after he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, talks about the sinful nature and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at some of these things, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness. Like, those things don't bring life. No. We can see how it ruins people, how it ruins families. 
And so I, I believe that when we get a taste of the goodness of God and how he's created us to live, we don't want to go back. No. Or at least I hope you wouldn't want to. Yeah. I don't see a way that I could. No. You know, it just doesn't sound like a fun time to me personally. No, and people are like, ah, oh, it's so boring to live a Christian life. No, this is this is true life. Yeah. Like, I don't have to – my home life, like my family life, what I want for my girls – is to have this fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I want to replicate that for them. I want to be that role model because I know if I show them that, Mm -hmm. they're going to have a good life because that's the way that God's created us. Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, that's just the thing is we're – the way that we're living is like the computers. This is what we were created to live as. You know, and I don't think there's any better way that we could get back to it than – than by everything that we just talked about, you know. Um, So I think that's a good spot, you know, to wrap up. Um, In conclusion, you know, you said some points earlier. What is just, what do you feel people should just take away and remember Mm. from this message? Yeah, that, one, they don't have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. I believe that this obedience should be done in community. Seeing other people be obedient to the gospel really encourages you to do the same. And so I think about all the things that we've been through in the last couple of weeks and how people have poured out their love Mm -hmm. to us and been patient with us that it makes me want to do the same for others because I believe they've drawn me closer to God in the way that Mm -hmm. they've treated us. And so really don't do this alone. You You don't have to be obedient by yourself. Like there's a group of people that God has created called the church that would love to be obedient alongside of you. And I think that that's super encouraging for the Christian. Yep, 100%. Um, you know, and I just wrote a couple points down that we can't forget about God's grace. Yeah. We got to let him work. Absolutely. You know, and it's a process. You know, we can't, you know, beat yourself up a little bit about, you know, oh, I did this. But, you know, you can't sit there and, and ponder on things and, you know, you can't put yourself down. You gotta, yeah. you gotta just look farther down the path that you're traveling down, and and getting closer to God. You know, it's it's just a process. Yeah, and, and feeling bad is is a good indicator that, hey, I am I, I have the Holy Spirit's working mm-hmm. through me. Yeah, like my conscience is is not seared. Mm-hmm. I am not in unrepentant sin. Like I want to be holy. Yep. Exactly. But obedience roots us in the foundation of Jesus. Mm. You know, it brings us closer to the Father. Um, it helps us stray away from our sinful nature that we have. Um, And, you know, it just assures us of the truth of God. Absolutely. You know, that's what I wrote down. And uh, preparing us for this world, you know. Yeah. Prepares us for craziness. mm -hmm. What are you excited about? Uh, We've got Easter coming up. Yep. Uh, That'll be next week, the the following Saturday once this is released. Mm Because we're doing this before. This is a, a different yep. style because Kai's going to be out next week. So we're doing this podcast actually before I preach. Yep. And so it's really cool for me because now I get to see all right, what works, mm-hmm. what doesn't. But, yeah, Easter's coming up. So we have our egg drop and then we have mm-hmm. um, our 9 and 11 services, our sunrise service. And so I, I love to see new families. Yep. Um, and hopefully uh, through what happens on Sunday and how God works with them that they would uh, join our Galilee family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of so, course. So I'm what about you? Well, I'm, I'm also excited for Easter. I hope that we have, you know, a lot of new families that come and check us out and hopefully get plugged in, yeah. um, you know, but it's just, you know, we get to celebrate Jesus 
and it's it's always a fun day. Ain't nothing better. Um, you know, Saturday, like you said, we get to drop some eggs from a helicopter yeah, and have yeah. food trucks and all that fun stuff. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Easter. We're also I'm repping the merch yeah, right now. Some new Galilee but merch. We've got some new T-shirts coming. Um, which by this time this is released, you probably would have already seen the posts online. But uh, I'm really happy with the work that Blake and Michaela and I did on uh, all the T-shirts, yeah. and uh, they're coming out really good. We're we're starting to press them now, and uh, I'm just excited to see, you know, see how people feel about them. It's, See if they like them as much as we like them. You yeah. know what I mean? And if they don't, I will. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. I like them. I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll but... All righty. Well, I think that was a good one. Yeah. We'll catch you guys next week. All right. We'll see you.